0: Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now.
1: Welcome back to hour number two, today's Thursday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you, and whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490 AM, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're tuning in Via the, uh, via the live stream on the website at ESPNTucson.com. We do appreciate you tuning in here every weekday as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show and uh, try to bring you the best that we can every single day. We're going to be uh, starting to have some guests, starting to integrate some guests into the show. Um, as you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a little time to onboard a, a, a radio show, even though we have been uh, on the air previously on ESPN Tucson uh, but 15 months of a of a break, a lot of changes, and uh, it's taken a little time to onboard this, and so we're going to just move it into and move into it gradually. I certainly don't have a shortage of things to say, so as many of you have probably recognized, but it's going to get a little tiresome just hearing me speak ad nauseum for uh, for two hours at a time. So we're going to start integrating some guests here on the show. Uh, we were able to get the uh, the phones working in the morning again. It's it can be difficult to. Acquire guests at seven o'clock in the morning in Arizona, so uh, we have to uh, we have to work delic- delicately with the the people that we bring onto the show. Sometimes they may be pre recorded in afternoons and such like that. So, but we will do our best to bring you always the best content, most informative and compelling, and some entertaining content here as well on the Jeff Dean Show. And we'll always be talking NFL. We talk NFL football every single day here. On the Jeff Dean Show, we've already spoken about what happened at the Aaron Rodgers press conference, and we'll get into some more NFL a little bit later on, discussing some training camp stories, specifically some th- stuff going on with the Arizona Cardinals, how they've looked so far, and some of the other news and uh, uh, tidbits coming out from across the league. But we begin our number two with the NBA draft, a big event every every year, of course. <coughs> Pardon me, as the uh, the NBA teams. Target their their newest, youngest stars to uh, to usher into the league, and look, there's no there's no sugarcoating it. This year is going to be, I think, largely a uh, I don't want to say an unimpressive year. There's not a whole lot of big recognizable names. There's no Zion Williamson. Okay, you know the the John Morant's and uh, and the such, and you know of course like when DeAndre and Luca and Trey came out in their year. There's not going to be big, huge names and big splashes like that, but there are some really good players, some quality players in this draft. And I think the the fact that a lot of people are undecided on I – mean, I think most people have a, have a general consensus of who the number one is going to be. I think Cade Canning, Cunningham is likely the number one pick, although I think that Detroit is still thinking about that. The Pistons have the number one overall pick. And I I do think that they're they're giving it some thought. They are they're mulling it over. Um, is he the best player in the draft? See, that's that that's what remains to be seen because I, I don't know if he's the best player. I think he's the safest pick in the 2021 NBA draft, and that's not taking anything away from Kate Cunningham. He is a remarkable player. He is. He's 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 got it all right. He's a six seven, a, a good solid six foot seven. Okay, got a good wingspan. He's got good length. He's got excellent handles. He can play on the ball, off the ball. He's got a good jump shot. He can score from just about anywhere. He can create his own shot. He plays good defense. He's great in transition. I mean, he's there's not a whole lot to not like about Cade Cunningham, but is he? a superstar, something that you would expect to see from a number one overall pick. Again, I think Cade Cunningham is the safest pick, without question, in this draft. I think you draft Cade Cunningham, and you've done your, your team a service, and he is going to be a very good player in this league. But would you be willing to take a gamble on maybe one of these other three stars? Because the potential for superstardom I think is there for at least two and maybe a third player in this draft. The two guys that I'm looking at, mainly, Jalen Green, okay, the guard that played in the G League this year, and Evan Mobley, whom we saw at USC, of course, okay, play this year. I think those two have the highest ceilings in this draft. And many people also believe that Scotty Barnes could be on that list as well. Uh, the Florida State kid, uh, who is a remarkably good basketball player. I mean, his he is, uh, yeah, he's explosive to say the least. And we we you know we can talk about uh, his game a little bit as well. But <clears throat> when I look at the two guys that I mentioned, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley, I did not get a lot of a, a lot to look at with Jalen Green. Obviously, he was in the G League. I don't watch a whole lot of G League basketball. I have other things that take up my time during basketball season, like watching the NBA and, of course, college basketball, because those are the two things that I evaluate the most. So Jalen Green didn't get a chance to watch him play a whole lot, but I know who he is, and I've read a lot of the scouting reports on him, and I have watched some of the tapes on his game in the G League. And I, I, I will say this. I, I When a scout or a GM says that they believe that Jalen Green at some point in his career in the NBA will be the NBA scoring champ, like will lead the league in scoring for one season at least, I believe them. Because that kid can just flat out get buckets. Like that dude just can flat fill it up. He is a bucket getter. He is so quick. I I mean... Think, like, imagine imagine Zach Levine, okay, who <laughs> couldn't get off the bench at UCLA, but imagine Zach Levine, that type of, like, quick, I mean, just lightning quick first step, explosive off the floor, has a smooth-looking jump shot, just hasn't fully developed the entire his entire game. Zach Levine, I believe it took him a little more time than it will take Jalen Green. Jalen Green, to me, is just an all-around better player than Zach Levine. I think if you could say to yourself as, as a, a basketball general manager and say, I can draft Zach Le- a, a raw version of Zach Levine that has a higher ceiling and a better shooting potential, you would absolutely take your shot with that guy. Because I do believe there, there's an opportunity, if given the right situation and the right team, that Jalen Green could average 30 points a game in this league. I really do. Just watching him play and hearing what people say about him, it's uh it it's remarkable. Now, if you wanna if you wanna poke holes in his game, again, he's not it, it he's not the most skilled player in this draft, okay? He he does have to play off the ball. He's not a great handles guy. He uh, he mishandles a lot of dribbles, especially <clears throat> catching in transition and such. And also when trying to dribble in traffic. Okay, he, he has some issues there. Uh, his shooting is good, not great. It's good. There are plenty of other great shooters in this draft that are much better than him. Um, and I, I think that, you know, maybe he's, you know, lacking some of the range that you would require from an NBA scorer, but he those are all going to develop. He's 19 years old. He's going to get there with those. He, he just oozes this ridiculous amount of scoring talent. And he's a pretty good defensive player, too. He's got length. He's, he's got quickness. So I think he can play defense at the uh, at the NBA level as well. Now switching gears to Evan Mobley, and I know that the NBA is a league that is starting to get smaller and trying to go with non-traditional bigs. Um, even though I think that's what Mobley fits, you know, uh, watching Evan play at, at USC this past year, and as good as he was, you know, I got to see him up close, and he, he did lack some of that. Killer instinct, I think that you see. But again, at his age, 18 years old, uh, when when we saw him play Arizona, he was 18. I I was so vastly impressed with everything that he did well. I mean, he dominated that basketball game at McHale Center um, that I watched. And then when Arizona returned the favor when they went back to uh, back to L.A., he got in foul trouble and was out uh, for a lot of that game. He didn't he didn't get to play a lot of that game. And Arizona. Never trailed in that game, ended up winning that game by 15 or 16 points, I believe. But when I saw him up close in McHale, he absolutely dominated that basketball game on both ends of the floor. He was blocking shots. He's great in transition. He was rim running. They were playing the pick and roll. He was posting up. He was shooting jumpers from the outside. He was hitting his free throws. He was playing defense without fouling. He was switching on defenses. He didn't really get caught in any bad positions. I just These are things that I remember about watching him. Because I came back and I watched the game later the next day to just kind of like, okay, because I, I, I do that. Because you see different things sitting on the floor than you see watching it on television. The broader spectrum allows you to see things develop in a different, uh, in a different way than when you're sitting right up there up close. You, but uh, in, in, adversely, you see a lot, of more, a lot more things up close and personal when you're sitting right there on the floor than you do when you're watching on TV. So I get the luxury of being able to see both which is why I, I feel like my assessment of Pac-12 players is pretty good. It's not, you know, I'm not going to consider myself a scout or a, a general manager by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like my assessment of, of, of the players in the Pac-12 has been pretty good over the years. I've, done a, I've got a pretty good, pretty good track record of, of how I assess the ability of Pac-12 players at the next level, and I think Evan Mobley is an absolute star. I, I think his upside, as long as he doesn't get caught – being the tweener in a situation where maybe he goes to uh, a bad, uh, you know, a bad team. I, well, he's going to go to a bad team regardless because they're they're drafting early and probably. Uh, I know that a lot of mock drafts have him going third overall to the Cavaliers, which isn't great. But there's worse situations you could be in. You know, they got Colin Sexton. Um, you know, if you know, in a I guess if they can, he continues to play there. Uh, but you know, they've got they got some some good players around him I guess I just I would my one thing is if he gets caught in a situation like I said where if he's a tweener they don't know how to use him properly is he a power forward is he a center does he play the stretch does he you know what do they want to do with him just give him a situation he'll he'll thrive he'll be fine he's an excellent excellent basketball player and I think his ceiling is much higher than Cade Cunningham's Scotty Barnes another guy just ridiculously explosive uh, just oozes athleticism just sick sick athleticism and there's always room for those guys in the NBA. Some sleepers. I have two sleepers. And I don't know if I want to call them sleepers because both of them are considered to be mid-first-round picks. But these are guys, and look, we're, we're talking the difference between lottery and not lottery is, is a vast difference. Hell, in most NBA drafts, the difference between top five and the rest, you know, six through 60, uh, is a huge drop-off as well. These are guys that are – Position somewhere between like 15 and 25 or 28 that I believe are could be good sleepers and I think will be good players in the NBA. Number one is Corey Kispert. I got to see Corey play twice uh, at Gonzaga. Corey comes in as a senior, of course, into the NBA draft, which is rare this day and age, especially for someone who is rated as highly as he is in the NBA draft. We've got to see Corey Kispert play twice. Um, I have not had a chance to, to talk with coach Tommy Lloyd about it because obviously he would know just about as well as anyone on the planet what kind of player Corey Kispert is. I've talked with I talked with Sean Miller. I talked with some of the assistants when we saw Corey Kispert the first time. Everybody just loves his game. Look, he's he's up. He's a six, seven, 225 pound wing player he's that size who can shoot the damn lights out. I mean, he that guy shoots as well as anyone I've seen in college basketball, for the last seven or eight years. He is a remarkable shooter and scorer. And he's got good handles. He plays good defense. He's tough. He's hungry. I love his game. I love Corey Kispert's game. Sean Miller spoke so glowingly about Corey Kispert uh, that I thought that he had forgotten that there were the other four guys on the court for Gonzaga, which is a mistake because Gonzaga's always extremely talented. Uh, But Corey Kispert is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent I, I kind of, if you're looking for an NBA comparison, I kind of think he's, I, I, I like him better, like a, like an advanced version of a, of a Kyle Korver. Okay, he's got great range. He's got a smooth stroke. He's got a quick, quick release. He can square his shoulders up off the dribble. You know, one step, square the shoulders, shoot, get rid of the ball before any shot blockers come over. He gets open shots. He get good looks for himself. He can dribble. He can defend. He can run the floor. He's got it all. He just doesn't have. Elite athleticism. He's that explosive, okay? And he's not a great a, a great creation guy. He doesn't create well and develop offense for his teammates as well as somebody in that position you may want from. But I think he's a good sleeper in this draft, and I think anybody who drafts him is, is going to be uh, making themselves a wise decision. He's a guy that – Corey Kispert's a guy that can play in this league for 15 years just because of his shooting ability. The other guy, and I've talked about him before because it's a guy that I think the, the, the Suns should, uh, should be targeting, is a guy by the name of Miles McBride. McBride was the point guard at West Virginia this year. He's a pressure ball defender. He's a bulldog, and he is one absolute, ridiculously clutch performer. He's tough. He loves to get after it in the clutch moments. He loves feeling the pressure, and I like guys like that. Now, Miles McBride, when this – when the draft process first began and the, the analysis of the NBA draft first began uh, a couple of months ago, he was rated as low as, like, number 45 on some of the people's uh, draft boards and stuff, and now he's moved up as high as number 17 on other people's draft boards because of how he showed up at the Combine and how he played there. I think he's one of the best players of the Combine and also how he's shown up in individual workouts with teams. He is climbing rapidly. Uh, not a great shooter, but... A very good uh, mid-range guy can you know, can get you the 15-foot jump shot, prefers to pull up and take jumpers as opposed to get to the rim because you know I think his size is going to be the limiting factor there. But I like guys who play as hard as Miles McBride, and he just jumps off the page when you watch him play a basketball game. He, he just jumps off the screen as a guy who is trying harder than everybody else out there, and I love that. Now, what about the Phoenix Suns? Phoenix Suns are drafting drafting 29th overall. There were discussions. I was talking to somebody last night that the Suns have been in discussions with T.J. McConnell as part of a, a trade deal to bring T.J. McConnell over. Now, T.J. would bring a pretty hefty price, 10 to $11 million. But if they believe that that's about what it's going to cost to re-sign a guy like a Cameron Payne, then why wouldn't you bring in T.J. McConnell? He's a, He's uh, in my opinion he's a much better fit than Cameron Payne uh would be on this in this particular uh in this particular team. Payne had a uh, one really nice uh, game in the uh, in the semifinals in the in the Western Conference Finals game 2 against the the Clippers, right? 30 point game. Other than that, he's pretty good. But if you bring in a guy like TJ McConnell, led the league in steals last year and we all know what TJ could do. We all know what he brings to the to the to the table. He's one of Arizona's most beloved basketball players ever. So it depends on what the cart what the what the Cardinals, what the Suns are going to do in free in free agency as to who they pick tonight. Again, I think Miles McBride would be a, an excellent pick. Uh, Dayron Sharp, the 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 big monster from North Carolina, who's a dinosaur offensively, but a guy that can spell DeAndre. Ayton. And when you're drafting twenty ninth, you're not drafting for starting positions. You're not drafting for stars. You're drafting for depth uh, and guys that can come in and help your team. And I think Dayron Sharp can help the team, or a guy by the name of J T. Thor. Uh, a power forward from Auburn who is about 200 pounds soaking wet, built like a wet noodle, but a lot like uh, Chris Boucher, who many of you may remember from Oregon, the lanky shot blocker guy that can kind of run the floor, shoot the three, uh, that's JT Thor, and, and maybe find a position here for him uh, in Phoenix. So that's kind of what I think the Suns should be looking at, in my opinion, uh, depending on what they're going to be doing in free agency. So it should be exciting tonight as the uh, the NBA draft is back and uh, super excited and uh, excited to see where these kids go and where they're going to start their professional careers. With school just around the corner, we here at ESPN Tucson want to help you and the student in your life succeed and uh, uh, get the supplies that they need. We're going to give you the chance to win a $1,500 back-to-school shopping spree. You can register online at ESPNTucson.com. Just follow the links there. That will get you through. And you can uh, register once per day through August 9th. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: Some hot stove news coming out of Major League Baseball. If you uh, have not been paying attention to the trade deadline and such, specifically concerning the Arizona Diamondbacks, whom you can hear right here on ESPN Tucson, the Milwaukee Brewers have decided to acquire infielder Eduardo Escobar from the D-backs in a trade that would send uh, minor leaguers Cooper Hummel and Alberto Ciprian back to the Diamondbacks. Now, Escobar made his first All-Star All-Star team of the uh, of his career this season. The switch hitter. Uh, who was hitting 246 with 22 homers and 65 RBIs will be playing now for his fourth team in his 11-year career. Um, he, you know, as I mentioned, he's a switch hitter right now. He's going to be going to Milwaukee, who's got a seven-game lead in the NL Central over the Cincinnati Reds, so a comfortable lead for the Milwaukee Brewers. So they're looking for some guys that they can work into their lineup as matchup uh, advantages. And the D-backs look—you know—Escobar is a good player, and he is—he's uh, played well for them this year. And has been a solid contributor, obviously, with the 22 homers and 65 RBIs. And not a great overall hitter, hitting two forty six, but he was an all-star. But here's the problem. He's an all-star with, you know, on the, the final year of his contract and on the worst team in baseball. So he was, he was as good as gone. Like, I mean, Diamondbacks don't want to lose players like Eduardo Escobar, but because of the situation that they're in and his contract status, he had to go. And because of that, the Diamondbacks didn't get back much in return. If you're wondering who these who these players are that they're getting in return, the uh, the minor league players, you're not going to find them in any top you know, scouting prospect reports or anything like that. Uh, Hummel is 26 year old Triple A guy who's hitting well in Triple A, but he's, he's 26 and playing in Triple A ball still. And Cyprian has played in 12 professional games. All in the Dominican Republic, so you know, again, not much in return, and that's the situation that you're in when you're the Diamondbacks because everybody knows that you have to kind of get rid of this, and obviously your your trade value goes down. Um, but Eduardo Escobar on his way to the Milwaukee Brewers um, NFL NFL uh, uh, training camps, of course, in full swing, there was a um, odd exchange at Giants New York Giants training camp yesterday. As Kelvin Benjamin was apparently brought to the sideline by head coach Joe Judge and was essentially called out in front of everybody for being too fat. Um, he came in to mini camp, uh, you know, when mini camp occurred a couple months ago at 265 pounds. They apparently told him that he needed to lose weight. He showed up at 268, and Joe Judge lit him up on the sideline yesterday before Dave Gettleman. Walked him off the field and fired him, cut him, and Calvin Benjamin was like, "I don't understand. I don't. They told me to. They told me not to. You know, not to gain any weight. I came in at 268. It's like well, that's three pounds more than 265, and they probably didn't want you at 265 because you're Calvin Benjamin, you know. And he's. I, I guess they were going to try him out at wide receiver, at, uh, at tight end. He was former wide receiver, of course, uh, drafted by Gettleman actually when Gettleman was the GM of the Panthers. So Kelvin Benjamin told he was too fat to play for uh, Joe Judge and the New York Giants, but was really unhappy with how it all went down, I guess. And he, you know, stormed off the field and all that. And Gettleman had to follow him and tell him that he was he was gone, that he was out. Uh, so a little bit of an exchange there between Joe Judge and uh, Kelvin Benjamin. But look, these are the things that have to happen when you're running a football team, especially with the kind of pressure that Joe Judge and the New York Giants are under. Look, they're in a very winnable. Division in the NFC East. You got the Dallas Cowboys, who are obviously obviously the most talented team in the division. But you never know what's going to happen. Is Dak Prescott going to be good enough to get them over the hump and win them ten games? And also, are they a team that's hungry enough to go out and win playoff games? You've got Washington, who is an extremely well coached team, who is right now having problems with uh, with COVID as far as the amount of players being vaccinated, and Ron Rivera, their head coach, was very outspoken about that in the media yesterday, talking about how disappointed he is and the fact that, you know, because he has autoimmune deficiencies that he feels like he needs to wear a mask around his players because they refuse to get vaccinated, whatever, and all of that is kind of floating around in Washington. Again, a a very, very good football team, probably one of the top five, I shouldn't say probably, most likely, one of the top five, definitely one of the top five defenses in the NFL this season. They're going to be phenomenal on defense, especially if Chase Young can take the next step and stay healthy. Uh, so they're going to be great. Their quarterback situation isn't great, but uh, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, as we've seen, is a guy that can get you through a season. And if you can play good enough defense to keep you in games, you got a kicker and you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been known to do some fourth quarter things in the uh, in his career, the Fitz Magic and everything. I think Washington has a chance to win that division. Then, of course, you've got Philadelphia, who's going to be god-awful. So the New York Giants feel like this is a situation where they can go out and win this division. They certainly have a lot of talent. Another team that has excellent, excellent defense is the New York Giants. Their problem is they turn the damn ball over too much, and that is so aggravating to a head coach. I mean, nothing will aggravate a head coach more than giving up the ball. I mean, you watched the nba finals the suns were turning the ball over at alarming rates you were probably annoyed and aggravated as hell watching that too watching a superior team give up the ball 17 times a game to another team allowing them more opportunities to score and we all know what happened there so joe judge has got to be on edge right now because he knows that he's got a good enough team to win this division he's got saquon barkley back with the most ridiculous-looking legs I've seen on a running back possibly ever. Maybe since – yeah, no, I, I've, I've never – seen. If you, if you haven't seen the picture of Saquon Barkley uh, at, at camp with the uh, gigantic tree trunk legs that he has developed since his injury last season, yeah, ridiculous, man, like crazy. Joe Judge knows that he's got the talent to compete and win that division. He's got to make sure that everyone is on the same page – and that they can stop turning the ball over. He's got a quarterback that turns the ball over at an alarming rate. He's got more turnovers in his career than he has touchdown passes. That's a problem. He needs to make sure everybody else on that team is pulling their weight accordingly. And when a, when a guy shows up, when they've told him, look, you got to cut weight, we can't have you at 265, and you show up at 268, and then you get upset at the coach for pulling you aside in the middle of practice and calling you out, then that's a you problem. You didn't listen and now you're upset because you got embarrassed because you didn't listen and or didn't care enough to lose the weight to make the team and you're gone. So, look I got I got no sympathy for that situation. I I really truly don't. Uh, this is a this is a big business and the New York Giants in the biggest media market in the world. Uh they they, you know, they can't they, they don't have time for this messing around with guys. Oh, well, you know, he'll come around. We'll put him on a weight program. You, look, we we told you two months ago, cut weight, you're gone. Showed up three pounds heavier, therefore, you're gone. Period. End of story. Got no sympathy for you. I can't wait for, for Hard Knocks on, uh, on HBO coming up uh, next week, right? It starts next week. Can't wait for that. Looking forward to watching the Dallas Cowboys. There, there's several other teams that I'd like to see on, on Hard Knocks, too. I'd like to see HBO branch out and do like like a whole division of hard knocks like do every team in the division that way you can start comparing like oh man
0: the philadelphia eagles are in big trouble
1: this year jalen hurts doesn't know what he's doing he he's got he the playbook is upside down he's not sure what he's doing the head coach has no clue what he's what he's got himself into <laughs> i'd love to see that a whole division just do like this year on hard knocks we're covering the nfc east we're going to have film crews at all four sites and you're going to be able to watch all four shows. I, like that's, that's like a dream of mine, to be able to watch that and be able to compare the teams. That would be just too good. All right, still got plenty more to get in, who, into here today um, as we continue to talk some NFL, and we got some college football coming up and some more on the Aaron Rodgers press conference yesterday and how the general manager addressed the press conference today in Green Bay. That's next here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN
0: Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: All right, let's do it. Let's give away some tickets to go see the Tucson Sugar Skulls. This Saturday night, taking on the Northern Arizona Wranglers, we're going to take caller number three, my lucky number. Caller number three at 520-719-1490. You're going to win a pair of tickets to go see the Tucson Sugar Skulls. That game kicks off at 6 p.m. at the Tucson Arena. And uh, you can get your tickets, uh, pick them up uh, tomorrow before 2 p.m. So uh, make sure that you can pick them up before 2 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow at the ESPN uh, Studios office. Uh, again, caller number three at 719 You are going to win a pair of tickets to go see some Sugar Skulls football. Very exciting. Remember how we talked last week about Nick Saban having that conversation with the Texas High School Coaches Association, and he mentioned that his quarterback, Bryce Young, who hasn't even started a game in his career, it's a sophomore who's had a very, very limited time on the field in an Alabama uniform. Remember he said that he has name image, and likeness money coming in getting near the seven figures he said it's it's near seven figures it's getting it's close to seven figures and I was wondering, okay, does he mean it's close to seven figures meaning that it's a six figure deal and they only need one one more figure, one more zero to make it a seven figure deal like is it a hundred and fifty thousand and if he gets eight hundred and fifty thousand more now it's a seven figure deal or is he legitimately close to a $1 million in uh, in NIL? And we found out recently, this, this morning, as sources have confirmed, that Bryce Young has already signed deals using his name, image, and likeness that are worth upwards and even more than $800,000. And that he has been presented with other deals that he has yet to accept that would be in excess and put him over the seven-figure, the $1 million mark. Now, we have been talking about this for years, right? Sports fans, college football fans have been talking about this for years. What would the actual value of name, image, and likeness bring to these players? And there have been plenty of people out there who have said that these numbers would be huge, that there would be huge numbers for these players, that there would be players making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, for the most elite of the elite at the most elite programs. And there were others, like myself, who said the the, the deals are not going to be that big. There are not going to be, there's not that much money to go around for college football players because there are 110 players on a team. There are 130 teams in Division One college football, and granted, Tulane isn't going to be, Handing out a bunch of nil to their players, okay. Let's let's call it like it is. But I never thought. I honestly, folks, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted here. I genuinely never thought that there would be a situation where a player would eclipse the one million dollar mark. At least, not yet. At least not like right away. Like there would be competition for things, and especially if a university was fighting. With several other universities for the number one overall quarterback or that great defensive end or whatever have you uh, to come to their to come to their program, then maybe those types of deals would people would would overspend to bring the kid in, right? This is a player who's never even played a game, never even started a game at Alabama, and he's already signed a six-figure deal with Cash App. Uh, That's the only public endorsement that we're familiar with. But it's a six-figure deal with Cash App. He's already completed uh, a commercial for them that's going to start airing soon. The commercial is also going to feature NFL quarterbacks Daniel Jones of the New York Giants and Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. The bulk of the other deals are, of course, in the memorabilia market, right, the sports uh, sports gear, sports cards, trading, and things like that. Memorabilia and trading cards, including Leaf, Wild Card, and Onyx, have uh, already approached Bryce Young about doing some work with them and is using his name, image, and likeness. He is represented by Creative Artist Agency and has yet to sign any local deals in Tuscaloosa, meaning that Jim Bob's Chevrolet dealership has not even started discussing Nil with him to do commercials and whatnot, so folks, we are already talking about a player again who has never started a college football game that has national deals in excess of eight hundred thousand dollars and hasn't even gotten a dime from anyone in the community of Tuscaloosa none of the none of the business owning Alumnus there in in Tuscaloosa, none of the local boosters and and big time you know businesses that support the program there have even have even brought any money to the table for bryce young folks i i I'm, I'm, I'm honest i I am absolutely blown away i am I, I, I've been taken aside from this I, I really I, I I never thought that this would be possible I genuinely did not. Never in, in, my, in my thoughts over the last, I don't know, let's, let's call it five years, when this was starting to become a major reality that this was going to be something that was coming down the road sooner than later, that players were going to be able to allow to go out and earn money for themselves based on their name, image, and likeness. We haven't even gotten into the situation where if EA Sports makes another college football game, and I hope they do because, damn it, they're so much fun because I love to build my own Jeff Dean football player to win the Heisman Trophy, win the national championship for Arizona. It's fun. We haven't even approached the numbers of what a cover figure would do in the name, image, and likeness era of college football for an EA Sports video game, or any video game for that matter. Bryce Young has signed a a six-figure deal with Cash App. Cash App! with NFL quarterbacks. This is, I, 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 I just, this is one of those times where I'm, I, I, I just shake my head because I was so wrong. I was so wrong on this. This is so much bigger than I thought it would ever be. This is so much more lucrative for these young men than I thought it would ever be. And because of that, it is a lot more dangerous for these young men than I thought it would ever be. More money, more problems, right? The famous adage goes. Stanford coach David Shaw, who I is, look, I I love Coach Shaw, and if I had a young, uh, if I had a son who was looking to play Division One college football, I would strongly consider sending him to Stanford. Not because only because he would get an education at Stanford, but because he would get to play uh, for a guy like David Shaw. And I, I've I've long thought that I I you know. I think he's a he's a good developer of young men and that's those are some of the things that are important. I'm not saying that's where he would go. I'm just saying that yeah, let's if if coach Shaw reaches out to you, let's bring him into the to the living room and have a sit down with him and hear what he has to say. These are the these are the guys you want to listen to. Stanford coach David Shaw said during Pac-12 media day that Nick Saban uh mentioning Bryce Young's NIL worth was no accident. Quote It's obvious to me that Nick wanted to plant that and make sure that people knew that. It's a great way to recruit people to come to your school. (laughs) He's right. And damn, I mean, damn, $800,000 already is still mulling over other offers to put him over the $1 million figures for him to play quarterback at Alabama for the first time ever, essentially. So other schools better start getting on their horse and start putting, these, start putting these numbers out there. We already know the wealth of riches that Alabama has when it comes to recruiting, that they own the recruiting trail. No one, is, no one is going to out-recruit Alabama as long as Nick Saban is there and as long as they continue to win national championships and send 14 guys to the NFL draft every single year. <laughs> no, nothing is going to change that. The, the best players in the country – are going to want to play for Alabama? If you watch the the, the Netflix uh, programs on on young players, they always talk about Alabama. Uh, you know, I think I think I I think I can play for Alabama. I really want to play for Alabama. Playing for Alabama would be a trip. You know, playing for Alabama would be fun. I want to go win a national championship in Alabama. These other play these other teams out there. Uh, if, if you're Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, USC, Oregon, if you're if you're these you know these programs, you better start putting it out there that your your guys are making some money. Kayvon Thibodeau was at Pac-12 Media Days talking about his deal with Uncle Phil and Nike and the the unique situation that he's got. But there was no there were no numbers discussed. Right? We didn't we didn't hear any numbers. We don't know what kind of money that's going to bring. Is it fifty thousand? Is it five hundred and fifty thousand? We don't know. But now we know what one of these young men is getting, and you know we had heard that De'Ara King, of course, is a quarterback that has been you know moved around a whole bunch in uh, in college football. He was looking to to maybe ink a one million dollar deal. That has not been done yet. They have not signed any deal for that yet. But Bryce Young. Some guy who's never even played started a game in college football already eight hundred thousand dollars richer and looking for more I- I'm stunned stunned <laughs> man this is this is uh again, I never thought that this would be the case I really didn't i am uh, I'm blown away. I guess I guess it should it should teach me to once again I say this all the time It never ceases to amaze me never ceases to amaze me I say that I I should get paid every time I say that never ceases to amaze me <laughs> because it's true I I never cease to be amazed at the amount of dollars that are out there and why don't I have any <laughs> congratulations to Tom Shu Tom Shu was the winner of the sugar skulls tickets for this Saturday congratulations Tom he was the third caller. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, I wonder if he's any uh, relation to the uh, shoe family, the Rick Shoes and such of the uh, of the sporting world. Maybe he'll tweet me and find out. At UAZ Voice Tom, at UAZ Voice on Twitter. If you tweet, or uh, for anybody, not just Tom, for anybody who wants to tweet me out there, at UAZ Voice. It's the best way to interact with the show right now while we're still onboarding some things like text and emails and such. Okay, so uh, if you want to, if you want to. Discuss some things with me. If you have some opinions, some thoughts, if you're as blown away as I am uh, at the numbers of these name, image, and likeness deals are bringing in, or if you knew it all along and you're like, ha, you're an idiot. Why didn't you think there would be million-dollar deals first year? Bring it. At UAZ Voice, you can at me all day long. Just, look, bring some decorum, all right? Be respectful. Don't be a jack, you know, you know what, okay? Trying to be civil here, trying to be nice, be kind to one another. Don't be like that guy that called Simone Biles a sociopath the other day. Don't be that guy. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of The Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
0: More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: We're going to talk about this tomorrow to put this on tomorrow's show because i think it's, it's interesting discussion and god forbid i may even open up the phone lines for a moment i don't know we'll see we'll see what we'll see what today brings and how it sets up friday but it is a discussion i think that that could be had is is using madden football a good way to evaluate players like does madden does ea sports and madden do a good enough job evaluating the players in the NFL, giving them their ratings and all that kind of stuff, the 99, the 97s, whatever, uh, at their respective positions, is it a good way to evaluate players? Like, should we consider Devontae Adams the best receiver in football because he got a 99? Should we consider DeAndre Hopkins the second best because he got a 98? Whatever, because the ratings are coming out, right? The, the quarterback ratings, I, think, I believe, are going to be out tomorrow. And most of the defensive ratings are out. The wide receivers, running backs—they're all out. Okay, um, Derek Henry got a 96 rating from from EA Sports for Madden, two points behind Tyreek Hill, uh, who's you know one of the fastest guys. Maybe if maybe the fastest guy in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, the highest rated running back, is Christian McCaffrey the best running back in the NFL. I, 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 I mean. They're not wrong on a lot of these, right? You, you look at some of these ratings and you're like, yeah, that, that, you know, that makes perfect sense. We get it. You know, you look at the guys who are all, the, all the, the 99s, right? There's, there's Aaron Donald who's a 99 every year, okay? 99 being the, the highest rating you can possibly get. Devontae Adams got a 99. We're, we're assuming that Patrick Mahomes will get a 99. Probably Aaron Rodgers will get a 99. Uh, you know are are the are the ratings are they accurate should we should we use it as a tool when trying to you know maybe determine who the best players in the n f l are or do we just use our own eyeballs are we are we good enough at using our own eyeballs when watching the game to assess these things now e a and Madden do a great job of kind of breaking down the positions and how well they're rated in certain areas, like speed, agility, strength. You know, when you talk about secondary players, like they're talking about how good they are in zone coverage, how good they are in man coverage, their ability to, you know, catch the ball and, um, you know, threaten the passing lanes and things like that. You know, like you look at Aaron Donald. Like his speed is an 82. Like, oh, a, is it really? Is he – is he eighty you know eighty-two percenter as far as speed, or is that just because that's he you know he's fast for his position. A ninety-nine strength, yeah, sure. Yeah, I get it. He's you know one of the strongest guys in in the in the league. He just pushes people around left and right. You know, Devontae Adams at 99, Jalen Ramsey at 99, Travis Kelsey at 99. Are those the elite players in the NFL? Or should there be more 99s? I don't know. It's it's one of those thoughts for Discussion. I think good. we may talk. We may bring it up tomorrow as more Madden ratings come out. I know you guys love your videos. It's good. I love them too. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Congratulations to Tom Shu for winning those tickets, of course, and thank you to Mary behind the glass for all the hard work that she does and puts into the show and keeping us on the air, pushing all the right buttons at all the right times. And of course, thanks to you for tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show. Join beers and I'll today from 3 to 6 out at the Fire Truck Brewery Company for National Chicken Wing Day. Glad to get yourself some cold beer and some hot wings and we'll see you tomorrow morning right here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening
0: to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN
1: Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. KMXC HD for Tucson.